Welcome to the Safe Haven Podcast. I'm your host, Amanda. The Safe Haven Podcast is a space for you to be real, raw, emotional, vulnerable, hilarious, and or completely carefree. This podcast offers a space for stories to be shared about the lights and darks, highs and lows of life in a judgment-free zone. Join me and my powerful guests as we dive into a variety of conversations and topics. Listen from where you are, as you are. Think, laugh, and cry along with us, whether you're in your car, in your kitchen, chasing your kids, running your business, caregiving for someone you love, getting a mani-pedi, while you're in the hospital, a treatment center, sitting on the deck, on the dock, or out for a run. These weekly stories and messages will hit you right in the heart, fill up your cup, and recharge your spirits. I have successfully lured another lady into my hotel room in Calgary. We first had Sammy, and Sammy has introduced me to a friend of hers, Jenna Morton, who joins me now. Jenna is a health coach, a speaker, and an entrepreneur, and is here to share some stories of trauma, healing, rebellion, and ultimately triumph. Thank you, girlfriend, for joining me in my hotel room. I am so excited to be here. Thank you for having me. You are welcome. <laughs> this worked out perfectly. It did. It yeah. really, really did. So I'm happy. so, and yes, mega yeah. thank you. Shout out to Sammy for hooking us up. Yes. That worked out oh, really well. It did. Yeah. No, she's an angel. She is an angel. <laughs> Let's jump in. We have a lot to talk about, but a lot of really interesting things. And to be honest, to all of the listeners listening, I could have gone so much further, even with the pre-recording questions that I had asked you to kind of get an idea because we'd never met no. before I lured you into my hotel room. <laughs> <laughs> so for you now to just be starting to open up with me and to share some of your stories, you are, and I say it with so much love and respect, a mixed bag. Mm, completely. Yeah. yeah I, I never that, yeah. would have been <laughs> able to pinpoint you at all for the shit you've gone through, you have had a lot go on in your life. So let's, we're going to honor some of that today. Let's do it. Let's dig in. Let's paint a little bit of a picture of, and I'm asking this on purpose. Where were you born? Where did you grow up? What was your family history, family dynamics growing up? Absolutely. So I was born in Medicine Hat, uh, Alberta. I grew up there. For quite some time, um, I was there most of my life, I guess, up until around around 16, 17. But um, my family dynamic is a little bit unique, very interesting. So I was adopted. Um, my parents that adopted me, bless their souls, um, they couldn't have children. Um, so I was adopted three days old from my birth mom, who was 16 years old when she had me. Um so the adoption was already pre-planned out before um, they came and, and took me. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of my family dynamic there. And uh, it was all medicine hats for the most part. And then my birth mom is in Edmonton. And I was just, okay, yeah. well, we're going to get there. Now, just back up a second. The family that you were adopted into, did they adopt other kids? Yeah, so I have an older brother. He's about three years older than me. And he was adopted from Calgary. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. So now fast forward though, you yeah. know, your birth mom yeah, actually, and dad. Yeah. So, um, yeah, sort of, kind of. So the, oh, it was an open adoption for both me and my brother, my mom, um, adopted mom. I believe she just really wanted us to know the truth. And also, um, I think just couldn't imagine having a child and not knowing the child. Um, and she just 
you know, wasn't able to have her own kids. So she wanted to make sure she could provide that, which is amazing. Um, so yeah, it was an open adoption. I didn't know my birth dad. Um, my birth mom actually did not want me to have contact with him. Uh, she told me his name, but that was later on that I got to meet him in my life. Mm -hmm. And after adoption, this is happening. I, I mentioned earlier just with you and I pre-recording that adoption has a whole new place in my heart now because mm -hmm. my grandma, my mama, my best friend, mm -hmm. my soul sister was adopted and only just found out within the last year and a half that she was in fact the youngest of 14. And, and when we were talking pre-recording, that feeling of belonging, that really sits with adoption, right? You may or may not be adopted into a family that you click with easily or not, or that feeling of natural blood connection. Can you speak to that a bit? That's that's the the thing. It's like no matter how loving your parents can be, and I'm sure this varies for different people um, throughout their adoption experiences. But um, as much as my parents loved me, as much as my parents were there for me in all different kinds of ways, I still never fully felt the the connection of you know a mother and a father, or yeah, a mother and a father, um, even you know siblings. Like it it was more of more of like friends and distance family to me um so it was very interesting with my birth mom she always felt more of that mother um type which was very interesting because just the dynamic with all of that mm -hmm. okay yeah. so medicine hat still in medicine hat yeah we're growing up I'm going to guide you into something that you've shared with me that I would like for you to share with the guests as well is that something happened when you were around two years old that came out later in life. So jump in either at what had happened or maybe how it started to come out and then we can jump back. I'm going to let you take that wherever you want. Totally. Um, okay. And this is something I'm just learning exactly how to share because it was such, there's so many different ways to approach it because I didn't, I didn't know what happened to me but but there was so many things that manifested into my life from this experience so now that I understand what happened it all connects and it all clicks so I found out that I when I was two years old and I was at church I was actually sexually molested and uh I no one um knew exactly what happened to me but um my parents tried to find what happened they couldn't and the therapist at the time actually told them since I was so young um just to ignore don't say anything and that I wouldn't remember so they thought that they were doing me a favor and the right thing um at the time not telling me but um further down my life there was just so many things that that happened like not trusting men um having anxiety for no reason and uh, just, yeah, so many different things in terms of that, just really not feeling safe. That was a huge, um, just a huge thing that kept playing out in, in my life is not feeling safe with my parents. So um, I don't remember the exact conversation. I just remember when I really started going through all of this healing and really pursuing understanding where certain traits and habits, etc., have come from. I was having a conversation with my adopted mom. And it came out that something did happen to me. And she vaguely told me what, you know, her point of view was from it and what she remembers. And uh, 
I remember the first time hearing about it, I was kind of, kind of thrown back, but at the same time, it, it really did click. And then it came up again a few months later and she told me the whole story and I just kind of started connecting the dots of where so many things were rooted and why I've struggled the way I have in, in my healing process and just the traumas and how I've dealt with them. Mm -hmm. Jenna, just for context, I just want the listeners to understand that something that seemed to be unknown or misunderstood perhaps for there to have been an understanding that you had been molested, but they couldn't necessarily figure out why or how or by who. And then you find this out later in your life, you know, and your adopted mom had said, well, this is what happened. Are you able just to, for context, just share exactly how that came about? Yeah, no, for sure. Um, So the reason they found out was actually after church we came home and my parents were changing me and they actually found blood in my diaper so that's how they realized something happened and just the fact that I was acting so different than Mm -hmm. usual just like super irritated upset disgruntled as a child absolutely so after yeah before we came home from church I just was just not doing well I was pulling on my mom I was just anxious she could tell something Mm -hmm. was wrong that's so traumatic. It's that breaks my heart. I'm I'm really that's so unfortunate that you had to go through something like that. Yeah. Uh, and especially because not having known or understood where these anxieties and fears are coming from, to be able to connect the dots into your adulthood would give you that context, mm. right? That context to start healing or start understanding. Mm-hmm. Wow. We're going to spiral back to your healing journey because I still feel like there's some, there's definitely some things to talk about. Can you continue on a bit of a timeline, even that sense of rebellion, right? And, and maybe the not fitting in or that lack of connection. How did that lace throughout your life? Um, yeah, so it's happened just trying to reflect and it's really happened ever since I was young, like I said, with adoption and just different family members and you know how they were raised and just the connection that way but you know even growing up in school not feeling connected or like I belonged with certain people and always just feeling a little bit different and um I didn't feel safe so there was a lot of people even at school that I didn't feel safe with and it just has been such a common thread throughout all of it and it's really interesting to be able to reflect but it's been in every aspect every aspect to some extent and I think I've just slowly become more aware of it so I could really understand at the root of it that it's been there and it's not always true but I could reflect and see where it was coming from Mm -hmm. as you got through your grade eight grade nine grade 10 kind of years and these things are starting to come out as for rebellion, there was mentioned pre-recording of getting into some bad habits and starting pretty early. Can you dive in there? I want to say it's mid-grade seven. Um, well, I guess I'll quickly go back to grade six was a time I was no longer connected with my birth mom. Um So that was kind of the tipping point after not feeling safe, after not feeling heard or connected. And then my birth mom, the one person that I did feel connected to, left and was gone out of my life. That's when everything just, it tipped. And all of a sudden, 
I was, you know, attracting and looking for and finding myself connecting with these these friends of mine that have the same sorts of trauma, you know, in foster care, making not the best choices. We got into drugs and alcohol and partying and just certain ways of living where I thought to receive love there was certain things you know that needed to happen and um yeah I just went down this spiral of really unhealthy choices and and that whole life that comes with it Mm -hmm. and you dabbled obviously in and out of the drugs and the alcohol for quite a few years yeah well yeah I guess it was pretty much I want to say it started off the first couple years just slowly but it was about 13 to say 17 18 Mm-hmm. Yeah. And something pretty significant happened when you were about 18 years old that really gave you some clarity. And that really started, I think, changing. That was that imperative moment that helped bring you some clarity to move forward. Yes. Yeah. So it's actually very interesting because um, it was around 18. I guess it was 18, 19. But um, at that point, I actually started realizing that I didn't want to be making these same choices I slowly started evolving my life in different areas so I started welding and I was out of town and I was doing well for myself in that way and around different people so when I came home I still semi hung out with the same sorts of people but I wasn't always making the same choices I wasn't always going to all the parties and doing all those things but um I decided to at this time, I was living a medicine hat, and I decided to drive to Calgary um, for the day to visit a friend, and one of my friends in medicine hat wanted to come with me just for the drive, and seeing as it's a three-hour drive, I thought, you know, may as well have some company, didn't think anything of it, and um, when we were coming back, all of a sudden, I remember looking in my review mirror, and uh, it was just after Brooks, and off the overpass, just floods of police cars were coming off so I actually went to the side of the road because I thought they were gonna pass me and they surrounded me and they stopped my car and they pulled us out of the vehicle with you know fully loaded and uh, I had no clue what was going on and uh, I look over at the friend I was with and he mouthed the words to me I'm so sorry and my heart dropped I instantly knew what was going on in some sense and yeah from that moment on I just it was kind of a clicking point that things needed to change Mm -hmm. because he'd been traveling with quite a quite a handful of drugs hadn't he yes and that landed you in jail it did (laughs) what was that like Uh, to explain it's so interesting because to go back at that time, as much as it was overwhelming, as much as I was scared and it just was my worst nightmare to be in jail, especially for drugs, something, you know, I didn't want to ever be related to. Um, I still felt some sorts of calm, but at the same time, it was just, it was scary. It was definitely scary. But at the same time, because I knew these changes were happening, I also knew that I would pull through. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that connection to a higher power or that sense of guidance throughout life and you've connected to it a few times now is such a saving grace, it sounds like, for Mm -hmm. you that has really just given you that light or shed some light on there's better, there's more. 100%. There's so many times I look back and 
even if at the time I didn't realize it was a higher power or or what exactly was guiding me, I can look back and see how many times I've actually been guided or been supported or just had that had that comfort. But yeah, that was such a huge key in in switching and transitioning and and knowing that I was safe during all these traumatic times was having that comfort and that security from from what I call God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. As well as this pull from God, from a higher power and that guidance, the the steps that you started to make to bettering yourself or to leading a new lifestyle after this incident with jail, you know, you're about 19 years old and you're currently sitting across from me at 25 years old, a significant amount has changed in your life. I can basically just drop that on you as it is now and you can take it where you want. But I really loved pre-recording listening to you talk about how many active changes and active decisions you have made to place you where you are now. Mm. So get it, girl. Oh, boy. And I could approach that from so many different places. Mm -hmm. But I truly feel as soon as, you know, that last situation happened with the drugs, etc., I went through all the court stuff, yada, yada, um, charges got dropped. And then after that point, I moved to Calgary. I moved to Calgary. I dropped everything. I moved pretty much all on my own. I didn't know anybody. Well, for context, how far is Medicine Hat from Calgary? Three hours. Okay. Yeah. So completely just needed a change and decided to go to the big city because in my bones, even with all the things that have happened, I just, I've always known I needed to slash wanted to make a bigger impact so yeah moved to the big city started kind of from the bottom I served a few places here and there I worked at a tire shop (laughs) I kind of just was finding my footing and then I got into working at, at the gym so I was working at a gym I really wanted to get into personal training and all of those things yeah, so that was kind of the the beginning shift was working at the gym, getting around better people in a new city, creating new relationships. And um from that point, I actually got into network marketing and it actually just happened because I was struggling a little bit with my health. I was put on a medication that wrecked my my gut and uh that had so many effects in itself and uh so from that point, I was just looking to be healthier, and then I found a, a company slash supplement that offered kind of what I was looking for at the time. So I got into that, and it just turned into this big snowball of growing, of developing, of helping other people become healthy, and I really found my passion in that. Mm-hmm. You stuck with that for quite a while, too. And I mean, what I can totally appreciate and value in a network marketing company is the professional and personal development that they offer, the events that they host, the opportunities that they provide to dig deep, to evaluate yourself, evaluate your choices, assess what choices you want to make moving forward. What kind of life do you want to design? And so many other areas in our lives, we aren't necessarily approached with that, you know? So Mm -hmm. you've now been provided these chances these opportunities to really think and reflect and introspect how do I want to live my life Mm. right such a good way of putting it yeah that's exactly it and that's why 
I am so in love with network marketing companies and I know, you know, it really depends what your passions are, etc. But it's just it's such a safe place to to play with all those things and to understand the development. And it just really does force you to look at your life in a whole new light. Mm hmm. Were you able to take this network marketing job into something that you did and that that was your only source of income or your only job? Yes. Yeah. Um, I want to say about three years it was full time. Yeah, it was my full income. I traveled every three months out of the country, paid for trips. Um, I have a BMW still from them that um, that I was gifted. And third, yeah, so much, so much beautiful financial support and freedom came from that. And you're no longer doing this? No, I quit about seven months so, ago. Okay, so if, if seven months ago you were pulled away from that for whatever reason, was there anything definitive or anything specific that changed your career path? Yeah, um, I guess it was just the path of finally healing and seeing my trauma for what it was and just so hungry for understanding you know, all of these things and aspects and, and growing through it. So I got to a point where I really just felt like I was still growing and the maybe the people I was surrounded with or connected with weren't as much um, or, you know, we're all on our own journey. So I get it. Maybe they're going in different ways, but I just no longer was connected in terms of that. And I also really shifted on the health products I needed from from just again like I said I went through health challenges so there was a number of different reasons that it slowly started changing but I just I just felt like I needed to to share more and no longer hide behind just health products quote unquote Mm -hmm. and your own health has been paramount for you as well you've really been chasing your own health and not just physical health you're looking at emotional health and mental health as well Uh, can you elaborate a little bit on that yeah. Yeah. So they all go hand in hand. It's it's honestly like a braid. And that's what I always say. They're they're kind of braided into each other. Um, you know, physical, mental, emotional. It's it's they're all such key aspects. Um, and the main reason I feel so pulled towards health is because I feel like that's what made the biggest shift. Cause it's hard to to see clearly when your body's sick. So um from there and I really started seeing clearly and I was healthy. I I started getting connected to the people who who really were in the space of emotional and mental health and uh, I actually joined a mastermind in LA and it was with a very well-known um, psychiatrist and all these things and there was great coaches in there and that was kind of the beginning point of me stepping into the emotional and mental side. Mm-hmm. What personal practices do you have to ensure your mental, emotional, and physical health? Um, yeah, so morning routine is super, super huge for me. I love meditating. I don't do it every day. But um, my biggest thing with the morning routine is being present, not being on my phone. Honestly, in the morning, that's probably the biggest thing. So you can actually prime your brain. And also just taking inventory at all times of, of how you're feeling and, and what triggers those feelings. So if you're feeling stressed out, was it after you hung out with someone? Was it after you ate something? So I'm just constantly taking inventory. Um, and then also before bed, again, kind of another routine. And I like reading before I go to bed. Mm-hmm. Do you read a specific genre of books or do you find that you might just dive into a story that you can totally escape from reality with? 
Yeah. So honestly, I have tried to read books that are kind of like nonfictions and it, they just never resonated with me too much mm-hmm. as of yet. Mm-hmm. So I'm really, again, in the personal development world yep. or spiritual, right? Like, yep. and spiritual can look so many different ways for people. And I think that's beautiful. But yeah, no, right now I'm rereading Girl, Wash Your Face. Uh, I am currently rereading for the third time Girl Stop Apologizing. What's up, Rachel Hollis? Yes, Have you read Girl Stop Apologizing? Yeah. So good. Podcast, but yeah. Oh, or the the audiobook. Audiobook. Okay. It's like, it's so funny. I've got some girlfriends actually. Hey, Brandy. And when I was interviewing her for her episode, Brandy Houston, I kid you not, this woman had it dog-eared, sticky noted, highlighted, circled just with notes out of it. And that was the first time I'd ever seen someone go that intense about a specific book. And I hadn't read it at that point. Or Mm. no, I had, I had, I'm sure I did because I got excited when she got over there with it. I just can't remember because then I took that kind of leaf out of the notebook, as you would say. And I remember that the second time I read it after that, I started to take more inventory of what was actually in the book and, and deconstructing it. Mm. And Oh, it's a game changer. 100%. All of her books, all of her content, honestly. And it's because she's walked her walk. She lives what she preaches. Yeah, heck yeah, she does. She's a powerhouse. Mm, I love her. I had an opportunity actually to see her in Ontario in the fall last year. But obviously I was in BC. So I had to, I couldn't make it happen. I couldn't get back. But some girlfriends of mine went and they said it was unbelievable. I want to go to one of her. Bucket list, girl. So bad. It's bucket list. 100% next year. It's happening. Happening. Yeah. The Rise event? Are you going to go to? Yeah. Ooh. Rachel, yes. we're coming for you. <laughs> <laughs> Tweet it out. Tell your friends. <laughs> okay. Um, I also wanted to bring in some professional and personal practices into when it comes to emotions and honoring emotions and recognizing anxieties even that would be linked to your past. Do you have any patterns or... Do you have any triggers that will put you into a frame of mind where you know you need to be extra gentle with yourself? Yeah. Yeah. I think that is honestly the biggest blessing is knowing your triggers because I don't think there's, I don't think there's one person on the face of the earth that does not have some sort of trigger. I think we just learn how to deal with them to the point that it's, it can be a quicker process. Um, but yeah, I'm trying to think some of my biggest ones, um, definitely definitely abandonment um we didn't go into too much what went on with my birth mom but I was left from her for seven years with no warning so abandonment's a huge thing if um I feel like someone's going to leave or I feel maybe like I didn't show up how I wanted to or or I wasn't good enough all these things I really really get triggered um so I just know now in those moments to kind of kind of just take a step back and um look at the moments where where I know that wasn't true so I can then kind of cultivate into seeing that as just the way my brain's processing it but it's not the truth if that makes sense Mm -hmm. totally actually when you said the word triggered there a girlfriend of mine Leslie uh, is a psychotherapist she's incredible she's up in North Bay and she put this post up and whether they were her own words or not, she was the one who brought it to my attention. And Leslie, if this is all yours, all the power to you because you're a dynamite rock star and I love you. But she was 
saying activated as opposed to triggered. And I really digested that well that night because I thought about it. If you think of anything that would quote unquote trigger you, flip that and use the word activated. It has activated something because that activates an opportunity for growth. It activates an opportunity for healing and reflection. And I just, that really I sat with love me. That. Isn't that cool? I love that. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the same way it feels. Cause mm-hmm. when you think about it, like a trigger is one thing, but when you actually use the word activate, that's how it feels in your body. You can feel it stemming from something. So no, I love that. That is really interesting. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. Use that. Yeah. You can take it. My new thing. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag. <laughs> okay. Um, I have a couple more questions for you here, but before we completely change directions here too, when it comes to your own personal goals as a health coach, as a speaker, as an entrepreneur, you sound like you've got some balls rolling right now. What are you looking at for the next year, next five years? Yeah. Yeah, go. Cool. Yeah, so right now I am just finishing some certifications and schooling um, for for a new aspect of health coaching. Um, it's called primary and secondary food. So it's really looking at the whole, the life and, and the human experience as as holistically as possible. So primary food is really like relationships and, and finances and, and so many other things like that, the mental and emotional side and secondary foods of food you eat. So I'm getting fully certified in that area and I'm planning on launching my course end of May. So that's my plan right now. I have learned the most from the courses I've taken and I feel like I can impact the most people because it, it's a, a better price point for the most part a lot of people can afford it and also it's a group and I feel like people seeing other people go through similar things like them helps them get to the other side mm-hmm. um yeah so my course I'm going to be launching and then I'm really excited in the next you know year to five years to be putting on my own events um bringing people together in the space of if that's health if that's fitness if that's mental and emotional mastery um to kind of come together as a collective and and just give the knowledge to people and it's really interesting because I think we can bring people from each area that maybe would be interested in fitness but not fully understand mental and emotional mastery but be able to kind of help them understand that and see how that plays out in their own life that is fabulous yeah so you will be back on the podcast mm, I'm so excited <laughs> and I you can tell us back. how it's going I will okay yes. good keep you posted uh, I have three. I, I have lied to the last couple of guests because I tell them that I have two questions and then it, I'm actually like, oh, April Fool's. I actually have a third one. What about another one? Yeah. <laughs> okay. So I've got those. And those are generally the only ones that I will prep a guest for. Give you a little bit in the subconscious, just something that you can pull out. Here we go. What are you most proud of? Okay. So most proud of 100% would just be that I've been able to separate myself from what has happened Mm -hmm. that I'm not you know using everything and all the traumas that have happened to me as an excuse for why I'm staying where I am because quite honestly many of us can many of us you know other people would understand why we we stay small why we don't heal why we are hurt why we have the mentality poor me but um I'm so thankful I've been able to get past that and I've had the grit to to rise up and and heal these things and give them a new meaning you just nailed that. Oh, well, thank you. That is such a beautiful answer. <laughs> thank you for that. Yeah. Yes. Hey, I tell you, my heart races through this podcast because I love it so much and I get nervous and I've been doing this a lot. Okay. <laughs> makes me feel better. Beautiful. Girl, that was really, really beautiful. Thank you for that. Okay, next one. 
What do you want to be known for? I want to be known for helping people heal. I I want to, and I, again, this is always evolving, always evolving, but healing, you know, in terms of health and internally, um, healing mentally, healing physically, all of these things have give, given me such fulfillment that it's a state I don't think many people really recognize that as possible. Like true fulfillment, true lasting happiness when it's not something you're chasing externally. I just want more people to experience that because that is where your dreams come true. Like honestly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Another great answer. Thank you. You're like, bl- like blowing my mind <laughs> in a really <laughs> great way. Okay. <laughs> and if the world stopped and you had a microphone and everyone was listening and you had one message for everyone on the planet, what would you say? Mm. You are not your past. I like it. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. Because you're, you're not. No, you're not. You're not what's happened to you. You're not the trauma you're not what you've even done like what you've you've done the choices you use the choices you have made that's not you um you're always doing the best you you can or you know at the time and I think just reflecting and understanding that you don't have to hold on to that and you can grow and you can heal and you can forgive yourself and just knowing like you are not your past another fabulous message girl thank you thank you that's you this has been great Thank you so much for coming into my hotel room and for becoming my new buddy. I'm so excited. It's so nice meeting you. Thank you for having me on here. It's just been such a pleasure and it's, it's my mission to share. So I'm happy to share with your audience. Yeah. And you, again, you will be back because I will be driving across the country within the next half a year or so. So we can meet up in another hotel room. And you can share about your course and about how it's going and the details there. And actually, so I guess it's not really even a question, but just making sure that our guests can find you on social. Where can they find you? So Instagram handle is Jenna, J-E-N-N-A, D Morton, M-O-R-T-O-N. And Facebook's just Jenna Don Morton. So those are my two main places right now. Okay, great. And I will definitely link those at the bottom of the podcast as well. Thank you so much. Thank you. (laughs) And to all of my lovely guests, I appreciate you so much. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Safe Haven Podcast. The best way to share this, I have found it out, is if you screenshot this on your phone or your device or wherever you're listening to it and send it to your friends and share it in your Instagram story. That's a great way to share this podcast. Also simply just talking about it, telling your friends about it. Hey, I listened to this crazy girl, Amanda, and she goes and interviews people and they share cool stories. They will love it. If in fact you are interested in supporting the podcast in more ways than just listening or sharing it in your Instagram story, if you go to the safehavenpodcast.podbead.com and you look at the top right, there's a little green button there that says, that you can donate. You can become a patron. And again, there's no obligation for this. It's just another way that you can make sure that this podcast continues, that my equipment is covered, and that I can continue chasing these incredible humans around and luring them into my hotel rooms. Tell your friends, tell all your people, and remember that you can find the Safe Haven podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and Stitcher. Follow along on Instagram if you like at the Safe Haven podcast, and I will talk to you next week.